welcome y'all to the Direct Examination Podcast. My name is Amber Fulmer. I'm Dane Phillips. And, and I'm Joseph Bia. You see, I was, I was coming in Yeah, you in came hot. in quick this time. Because <laughs> last week you forgot your name. I was this just week like you were back. Yeah, you were Dave, ready. Your face was so enthusiastic. <laughs> I was ready to go. There Dave was, was leaning forward this time. He was ready to go with his name. Uh, thank you all for uh, listening. Uh, we have uh, done really good numbers in second season. We're up close to, I don't think I can, don't mind saying, 6,000 total listens, which is crazy oh, wow. for like a regional South Carolina-based podcast. So thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Uh, our guest today, uh, we're very excited for uh, many reasons, but he wears uh, multiple hats. Uh, our guest is a Clemson and Emory Law School graduate, one of the partners of McGowan, Hood, and Felder, which is a statewide law firm with offices in Columbia, Anderson, Georgetown, Greenville, Rock Hill, Sumter, Charleston, as well as one in Charlotte, North Carolina. In addition to his day job as a trial lawyer, however, he's one of the owners and founders of Legal Remedy Brewing in Rock Hill, uh, featuring such beers as the Pro Bono Vanilla Porter, the Motion to Strike Milk Stout, right? Yeah. Um, and the Golden Rule Golden Ale. Uh, they've served nearly 200,000 customers in their area and growing. We're thrilled to have on uh, Mr. Chad McGowan on the podcast. Thanks, Chad, for coming. Well, thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. Chad, I uh, went to a local uh, beer store here in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. We have some beers with us today. This will be a first for our podcast. The first time where we're going to be drinking on the pod. Um, so I mean, generally when people hear us speak. Right, they assume that we're drunk. <laughs> um, this is the actual first time where we've been drinking. So before we get into the story behind the brewery, before we start talking about what we, uh, um, your firm and kind of how you got into this, tell us about the beers that we have with us today. All right. Well, looks like you got Pro Bono Porter. That was our first beer that honestly we started um, in the homebrew and we entered the homebrew competitions. You're going to get a lot of a vanilla out of that. It's aged on oak. Um, it's a good porter. It probably should be more called a stout, but it, you know, it's easier to rhyme something Pro Bono Porter than Pro Bono Stout. Dave, that's a pro pour, by the way, for me. Uh, to, okay. So All right. what you're going to get out is a little bit of oakiness, a little bit of vanilla, and it's a good sturdy beer. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> so now you just curse. All right, so we have the uh, It'll be the the Pro Bodo Vanilla Porter, which we're trying now. What what else do we have with us? Uh, the second one you got is a st- sticky situation. That's the cinnamon bun stout. It's uh, pretty oh, much a traditional definitely. stout, but we add uh, vanilla and cinnamon. It's brewed with vanilla and cinnamon both. And so what we're trying to get out of that is essentially a cinnamon bun flavor in a stout-based beer. Um, I wouldn't recommend you drink a 12-pack, but, <laughs> you know, one among friends is uh, going to be real good. Okay. Um, you have the World Court Mocha Blonde Stout. That is a blonde stout, and it's going to give you white chocolate and coffee Okay. in, in a blonde stout vehicle. So it tastes like a stout, it smells like a stout, but it looks like a uh, golden beer. Now, all of... These beers are available at Legal Remedy. That's right. All yeah. right. So talk to us kind of <laughs> how do you go from Emory Law School to, you know what, I want to start up a brewery. Interesting story. Okay. It starts with the premise that you want to turn a bad habit into a tax deduction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's where dreams are. Made. Right. <laughs> That's right. Well, truthfully, it's... Um, I have twin daughters. They're now 17. And in fact, they are looking at colleges now. And I see her Wofford guy. So hopefully they'll get in one day. (laughs) Um, But we had a group of friends, all of whom had multiple kids. I don't know what the story was there, but we all had twins. Some had triplets. And we, the fathers would get together while the mothers. (laughs) 
Right, and so the fathers would get together and sort of commiserate about, you know, having, you know, 20 Having to pay for a bunch of weddings and a bunch of colleges. So this started around my kitchen table, and we would just, you know, drink beer, and it was Budweiser and that kind of thing. And somebody brought over a uh, book that said, A Thousand and One Beers to Drink Before You Die. And we said, let's do it. (laughs) Game on. So we started going through the book and rating the beers and seeing what we liked, what we didn't. And we realized that a lot of these production beers were just not that good. Okay. So we got a little bored with that. And I've been homebrewing since I was 18, 19 years old, started in college. So I pulled out the homebrew equipment and we started brewing back in the kitchen. That stunk up the house too much. And my wife <laughs> threw us in the basement. <laughs> and that stunk up the house too much. And then we went outside with the turkey fryer. So we started with the turkey fryer literally on outside my basement. And we entered a few competitions and we got some medals. And, you know, we were all very proud of ourselves. And that's what the pro bono porter, that was the award-winning homebrew. Right. <laughs> And meanwhile, back at the ranch, I was representing the state of South Carolina in an antitrust case. And we recovered about $32 million bucks for the state. It was on a contingency. It's not bad. So I, what I got to do is... It's a good day's work. Yeah. yeah what, what I like to tell people is I gave half the money to the government in taxes. I gave half to my wife. And the third half, I got to start a brewery. With. Right, right, right. So... That uh, was nice of both the government and your wife to let you yeah. do the, uh, the other part. That's right. And so, so we decided to go legal at that point. Came up with the name Legal Remedy. Um, looked at a piece of property. The law changed. I don't know if you knew Stone Brewing was talking about coming here a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. So they did kind of a hoodoo voodoo on the legislature who said, we'd love to come here, but we got to have distributing rights as well as brew pubs. Now, I remember seeing the headlines for that and wasn't sure how the real effect was on local brewers. Right. It, it made my operation possible because we were looking at just doing a straight brew pub, which would not allow you to distribute. Okay. Uh, and so when the law changed, we then ended up buying an old car dealership where we renovated that and are now. During that process, we had the only federally licensed garage in the country. <laughs> Literally, my garage was a bonded, federally bonded alcohol brewing facility. That's amazing. <laughs> and they made me send in a plan of the garage, and they wanted a floor plan. And that, the thing I omitted on my permitting application was the security plan for my garage. <laughs> And they called me up and says, well, what's your security plan? I said, um, how about we lock the door? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and the feds said, that's fine with us. Yeah, that's good enough. Good. Next thing government you know, we're <laughs> close enough for government. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's not right. just a saying. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, so we're, we're brewing in the, in the garage and we're making, you know, literally one barrel at a time. Mm-hmm. And we're distributing about five sixtals because you never get a full barrel out of a barrel. Five sixtals a month. To our distributor, and honestly, it's like a baby picture because I have my first picture of our first delivery of these five <laughs> <laughs> little sixtals going. To the... And just as proud. Yeah, right, yeah, right exactly. Right. And then we renovated this old car dealership. It was um, an abandoned building, and so we spent a lot of money to get it up and running, put solar panels on it, and you know everything breaks and everything new now. Um, put in a 15-barrel system and a three-and-a-half-barrel system, and we've been brewing four years. This coming August will be four years. We'll have our fourth beer day, as That's we awesome. call it. This August, yeah, this August will be our fourth year in business, and um, we're, we're, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing to do. It's a lot different than the law business, as you can imagine. imagine. Because if the lawyers doing a good job, at least half the people in lawsuits go away mad. That's right. (laughs) In the beer business, you know, you're looking for ninety nine percent go away happy. Yeah, that's so. If you as you started this uh, business out, there had to have been some overlap between law and beer where is there any skills that you kind of picked up as a lawyer that helped you in starting a brewery um, because you had already started you know mcallen hood and felder by then 
Was there anything that um, particularly kind of helped you out in starting the brewery? Well, I think being a plaintiff's lawyer helps in the whole idea of an entrepreneur kind of environment because we're used to taking risks and putting our money on the line and risking, you know, risking your time and your effort. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Um, It also pays to not be bullied by people. We had a big problem with the the city where we were from the permitting office. They would, they never had a brewery before. Mm -hmm. So every interpretation that could be more expensive and more time consuming is the one they chose. (laughs) And so we had to push back on that and weren't afraid to go, listen, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to talk to your boss because this is ridiculous. Right. Sort of the foolishness that we had to go through. Um, Now there are four other breweries in Rock Hill and hopefully we paved the way a little bit for them. Um, things have gotten better because it's more familiar and people are just so like you're scared. the godfather of we're the OG that's right we're the OG brewers God I want that to show up on the uh, show notes the OG <laughs> brewer of uh, it's gotta be in the there you go write that down um, so do you have I know probably pro bono vanilla porter probably has a soft place in your heart um, as it was the first is there you know if I'm walking into legal remedy brewing in uh, Rock Hill South Carolina is there a particular beer that you would tell folks, hey, you need to check this one out? Absolutely. We got 24 taps. So okay. whatever your predilection is, we got it. Nice. Well, I will tell you, as we're sitting here uh, <laughs> sipping, we are really, which one is that? That's the the uh, World Court Mocha Blonde Stout. We are tearing this up. Good. Like, that's amazing. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's really good. That's our number one selling beer. Where are, I'm taking a picture of the can, but you can't have it back. <laughs> we're, we're already Y'all three re- beers deep. Yeah, we're... <laughs> We, we do. Uh, we've done an Irish red in the past. We've done Love a red it. IPA. Um, the best beer now, and I'll say this without any shame, is the Justice Juice. No. <laughs> 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 that's, that's a loaded thing. It's fantastic. All right. All right. So what now are, we have to ask, like, what is a Justice Juice? It's a New England. really scared to ask. It's a New England style IPA. Okay. It's hazy. It's got no IBUs because all the hops are added in a dry hop. They're none in the boil. Uh-huh. It's all mosaic, so you get this fruit. This Sunny D. Remember drinking Sunny D as a kid? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Right. Yes. It's like that. It's that smell. It's that taste. <laughs> and it's just phenomenal. And it's 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 a very fragile beer. So we try to can it, but it oxidizes. It gets a little darker than we like. So we can sell it for like two weeks. So I got, you know, maybe 80 cases. Now a little too dark, but it tastes great. <laughs> um, but on tap, it's just phenomenal. And then there's the Chief Justice Juice, which is, <laughs> that is more alcohol. It's a higher ABV, same basic style. Of course. And one time we messed it up and it Nail became ultra. clear. And so we had to rename that beer. It's the same recipe, but it cleared because the yeast was third generation, uh-huh. and it wasn't hazy anymore. So we call that obstruction of justice. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there what what junior level associate is it responsible for for coming up with these names? I don't know. We, we literally have a Black's Law dictionary. That's so <laughs> straight up. And we we just did the collusion call. We play, we spelled it with a K because you know it's comical. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, as fun as this is, and it's not a hobby at this point. I mean, this no. is a thriving business. Mm-hmm. Uh, one the question that came to mind is how do you balance that lawyer life from being a law firm or a partner in a law firm, uh, you know, shareholder, and a small business owner? Right. You got to have good people in both places. Um, the I'm at the brewery every day, an hour more on the weekends, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's just emptying garbage cans and cutting grass. Um, the law firm is the primary obligation and the client service is where it's at. Um, I'm lucky enough I've got in my career where I can select cases and have a low caseload. You know, the secret of happy life is case selection as a plaintiff's mm-hmm. lawyer. And if I can um, have five cases, that's all I want. Um, we have 20 plus other lawyers. And so we got a lot of good help out there at the Bruce on the brewery side. We have uh, great people in the, 
in the brewery. We have good brewers, um, cellarmen and operations guys. And in the front of the house, we have just phenomenal management in the front. We've had people that are servers that have been there literally since the first day we opened. Wow. That's awesome. And they're, they're, they're team members and we love them and they just do a fantastic job. Well, and that's a testament to how you treat your employees. Well, you know, we're not, we're not in it for the money. I mean, this is made clear early. And it's, it's, you know, the money allows us to grow, but it's not for profit. So we are very happy to take hits early for long-term payout. We're going to invest every penny, which we've been doing over and over and over. We build more buildings. We're looking to buy more property. And, mm-hmm. and we bought in a restaurant across the street. It's a prep kitchen. And so we, our payroll is more than a million bucks a year just in that brewery business. Oh, wow. And we try to be very fair and generous, knowing that the people that are sweating in the middle of July in a brew house, Mm-hmm. You know, they need to be recognized. <laughs> right. Right. They keep and it running. Appreciated. That's right. You know? Well, one of the, when I was doing the research for the pod today, one of the things that I noticed was not only do you have these great names for beers, but it's also great names for your menu. And apparently you get uh-huh. really well-reviewed. Uh, the food at the legal brewery is very well-reviewed. Uh, yes. Have either of you been to the brewery? I haven't. So I have. But I'm going not. up this and weekend. it was Awesome. I believe there were brisket nachos or brisket oh chips or something. And We're I was nachos. actually up there with Brett Bain, who was on the podcast two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And we met halfway to see another friend from law school, Joe Pellington, who was up in Charlotte. And we would go to Legal Remedy. And that's when y'all, it was a while ago, because that was when the Patrick Red L was. It was delicious. Yeah. I left that night very happy. Oh, yeah. Right. We, we make everything in-house, make our own bacon. Everything's smoked in-house. It was so good. Our smoked turkey shows up as just raw turkey breast, and we'll cure it and smoke it. And it was busy. So a trip to... Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Rock Hill is... Season finale um, yeah. is... Uh, or we could yeah. record. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, will, record. we will definitely make that uh, happen. We've been throwing mm-hmm. around the whole Bar Review Pintcast for quite a while, right. and I think we, mm-hmm. we might have found our place. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, when right. you're there, it's not on the menu, but order a pint of bacon. Wait, what? <laughs> a pint of bacon. Okay, what's a pint of bacon? I don't even want to know. Yeah, I don't even want to It's a pint glass with like a bouquet of bacon. Yes. Oh. Because, you know, oh, you're awesome. sitting around having a few beers and you go, at some point, you go, you know, it'd be really good. A pint of bacon. A bunch of bacon. A bunch of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we realize, hey, wait a minute, we own this place. <laughs> right. Let's do that. <laughs> we can put bacon in the glass. So, for everybody who's listening, once you go up there, Everyone will know if you order the pint of bacon, then, then it's not on the menu, but you can you get it. That's There's a button. In, that's an insider. That's right. Yeah, Only right. from SC Law Pod. <laughs> that's right. So what's the one thing about brewing beer that you think the public doesn't know that you think is an interesting fact that they should know about brewing beer? It is a physically demanding thing to do, especially in the summer. Um, the brew house, we're going to have an air-conditioned brew house. It'll be 95 degrees in there, 100% humidity. You're standing over a kettle. And yeah. there's a lot of just physical labor, carrying kegs and washing kegs and and scraping out all the grain once you've uh, mashed out. Right. It's uh, Everything is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> everything is heavy. And there's, in the summertime, it can just be brutal. So going to your other uh, gig, let's say, you've... <laughs> Been at the uh, been a plaintiff's uh, attorney for a, a good bit now. Is there anything as far as because we have a lot of law students who listen to us, and mm-hmm. I'm sure we have a lot of beer drinkers as well. So there's probably yeah. going to be some uh, overlap uh, with those two crowds. What about being a plaintiff's attorney really called for you? Why did you decide to go into that line of work uh, as to other uh, types of work? I was uh, it kind of found me to be honest with you. I was a law clerk for a federal judge. 
And I was kind of on track to do that corporate law kind of stuff. But it turned out that all the big firms didn't like me. And luckily, I didn't like them either. Thank God. <laughs> and so I literally hung a, hung a shingle um, after my clerkship. And I was in Atlanta and Anderson. And uh, one of the fellows who actually now works in my law firm, he gave me free office. But he wasn't free. He charged me a bottle of scotch a month for <laughs> office space in Anderson. That's awesome. And I started doing court-appointed criminal defense work and Atlanta Bar Association referral stuff. You know, barking dogs and open containers and, you know, you name it just to get trial experience. And then one day, medical malpractice case came into this friend of mine, Joey Wright's office, and he said, you want to work on it together? And I said, yeah, why not? I don't have anything else to do. Right. And so we just sort of developed a niche at that point and um, tried a lot of cases since then. And we've been reinvesting in the law firm, too, just like others. And when you do plaintiff's work, you got to have a lot of capital just tied up in your in your work. Right. And it's been 20-plus years. We've been lucky to have more than, I guess, we've had three eight-figure verdicts in mid-mount cases wow. in South Carolina. That's a little unusual. Oh, yeah. Um, Settled one last year for $16 million bucks. I mean, like it's just said. an unusual yeah, situation. Yeah. And That'll put bacon to the uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Assuming the defendants pay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is that it's always tragedy, you know? Well, that's yeah, the sad thing. That's, to the, get that, insurance be companies didn't need my help. They got plenty of great people working for them, and. It's um, it's the people that are this in your soul, Joseph. <laughs> that have been injured and downtrodden, and the people that really need, they really need help, and they need somebody that can that's willing to spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars on their case and risk it. That's right. You're talking about plaintiffs, yeah. not insurance companies. Right, because we have different viewpoints. Yeah. On yeah, this. yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, you, I don't know if an insurance company ever gave you a hug and said thanks, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Dang it, I need to start reevaluating some things. I, uh-huh. I rag him every episode. We're probably at, what, like twenty five deep. Yeah, we're not one episode. Yeah kind of removed where I haven't taken a dig at the fact that he represents insurance companies. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, kindred spirit. They're, they're people too. <laughs> um, I'll say being in a place. Thank you. All, all three of us are um, trial attorneys, have trial experience, and it's always something that interests us. So as somebody who has done this for a while, if there is a little piece of advice you can give to a younger lawyer about trial work specifically, what would that be? Well, two things. Care about the client and don't be afraid to take a risk. Okay. And sometimes it's okay to ask a witness that you get the weird feeling about that the guy's just not being totally honest. Just mm-hmm. ask the question. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid of the question like, why? Hmm. You say this. Why? And one of two things usually happen. They either say something that's really good or they stumble around and look like idiots. Mm-hmm. And trials are living things and it's impossible to predict what happens in my experience. You think things went well and you end up getting verdict against you. Right. And you think things went terrible and you end up getting one for you. And the way it develops and unfolds is it's kind of a magical thing to watch, really, because each one's unique and it's it's you can't ever reproduce it. It's, a, it's an amazing it's an amazing process, really, in my experience. I think y'all two try more cases than I do. but uh, So I, I'm primarily a criminal defense attorney, right. do appellate work. Uh, while we're talking court. about <laughs> beer, do we got any not guilty Name the beers. Not guilty brew. I think we did an acquittal ale at one point. We've made about 150 different recipes since we opened. So our book of recipes is like a phone book now. And we can go back through that. And if there's some beer that you like, what, you know, one of those things like, you know, it'd be good. (laughs) Send me an email. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Right. So reach out to us at SC Law Pod. Hey, once you go to Legal Remedy um, and you obviously love the food and you, Get your pint of bacon. Um, reach out to them and uh, find out 
you know, what don't they have do you want? Because Make sure to give them a, because this is a big thing, give them a good five-star Google review. That's right. Exactly. Uh, you know, all businesses these days need that. That helps them be found locally. And look, we're here I to... I mean, because if a, a gorilla can pick out some ingredients for a uh, beer... Which made a phenomenal beer. Right. I don't see why we <laughs> can't pick out some ingredients. So, now, that, and, wasn't so reco- what that you... wasn't recorded. So give them the kind of preface that, right? Oh, Amber. Yes. Well, though I was saying when I was at Legal Remedy, there was the Patrick the Gorilla Red Ale, which I thought was phenomenal. And yeah, ginger red. I see the kind of. No, I got you. But it was so good. And I was asking Chad about it before we went on the air if that was just like a seasonal thing or they kept that on tap. And he was telling us that it was actually for Riverbanks. That's right. It was the brew in the zoo, and uh, Patrick the Gorilla actually picked out the ingredients for that beer. Wow. So we presented the gorilla with a palette of ingredients. (laughs) Some really good stuff. And we took it back and said, all right, let's make a beer out of this. So next thing you know, it's Patrick the Gorilla Red Ale. So well, what I'm thinking... Like is there a direct examination? Thank you, Brittany. Yeah. Thank you, Brittany. We are just as good as gorillas that we can pick out. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, we can pick out if you put the... Uh, you things might have in, oversold in front of my us. talents. Yeah. Yeah. So blindfold, y'all. Yeah. That'd be That's even right. more fun yeah. to blindfold. We'll, we'll, we can pick out our uh, um, ingredients and we'll have direct examination uh, brew or ale or something. Yeah. We'd love to do it. Come on up. And actually, <laughs> if you just get with the hops, because there are you know hundreds of different kinds of hops, and we've got in stock probably ten or twelve that we use regularly, and the the flavors and the aromas of these hops is just striking. And you can, did you get your sort of mind's eye around it? You can yeah. kind of predict what this would be really good in a beer. Is and that the best part of your this. job as a uh, brewer? <laughs> is just tasting and uh, testing out new beers, new stuff. And and we made some doozies. We made a coconut curry at one point. It tasted oh, like an eyefish. <laughs> Now, some oh, people wow. loved I mean, it. We made a sushi beer. It was uh, aged <laughs> with wasabi, oh. the um, seaweed, <laughs> on a bed of chopsticks. I mean, it was absurd. But, <laughs> but you're like, ah, yeah, you know, it's only 100 it. gallons. Yeah, and, why not? You know, the worst thing you can say is it's a beer. Right. right. So, Towards the end of every pod, and we're going to make you do double duty since we're talking about law and breweries, um, beer. I think my words are starting to slow. All right, so anyway. Um, he hasn't shotgunned yet. But right, That's right. how we're going to clo- af- close out. After the episode, I'm going to shotgun one of these. Um, and then get a ride home. Right, because <laughs> I'm responsible. All right. Your best story from Dang, the practice and um, the best part about running the brewery. Good, The best war story. Best mm-hmm. war story, yes. Oh, gracious. There's been... Um, I'm sure there's tons. Yeah, there are... There are lots. Um, you know, have you ever had an experience where a defense expert gets arrested overnight? <laughs> oh, thank God, oh. no. That sounds like my nightmare. That would make my day. <laughs> you know, these sort of things happen. Um, we've had um, we've had a number of mistrials where there was a medical mishap and everybody's jumping over rails and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it's 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 those cases that that we've broad and were successful on where there was no offer where there was mockery from the other side and they said you never get a verdict we're offering nothing and then the client gets a verdict and we had one fella and his um he was you know normal kind of fella poor didn't have anything he lost his wife love of his life Mm -hmm. and after he um he got the verdict paid he comes in and he's smiling real big and he goes you notice anything different chad i go yeah i got new teeth (laughs) (laughs) So you're changing lives. <laughs> he's showing me his new teeth. And I said, that is just fantastic. He goes, I know. 
I got this new bike too. I'm headed to bike week. <laughs> and he was hugging everybody, hugging everybody's neck. And it was the cutest thing ever. What you missing, Joseph? I mean, honestly, it yeah. was the cutest thing ever. And this, this old man who's tearing up, got a new teeth, and a Harley Davidson. <laughs> you see what it's like to be a people lawyer? I know, thanks, right? Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. This, this isn't uh, embarrassing or horrible for me at all. Uh, what about Warsaw for running a brewery? Oh. This, this, well, it's the retail side that's entertaining. Okay. People are very interesting. We okay. had this, when we initially opened the first two months, we get a lot of, you know, lookers because it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. And this, this lady came in, she was probably in her 70s with all of her buddies. And she's looking at the menu and she goes, oh, I see you don't have any French dressing. <laughs> There's no French dressing anywhere on the menu. And we're like, um, we could probably whip something up. I mean, it's just ketchup added to something, right? Yeah. yeah. And she goes, meh. I'm not having salad anyway. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Exactly. Exactly. So we're like, so the manager, Jim, is the guy who's dealing with her, and I said, like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't we have just avoided this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's that 30 seconds of my life. I won't be able so to get back. Thanks, Leah. that yeah. kind of thing. Right. And it happens all the time. Um, you know, there's always those sort of interesting vignettes of the way people act, and especially in our business, we get a lot of people that will just abandon their children. It's the craziest thing. And you're worried about these little kids. They're playing by the street. They look like yeah. they're two years old. This happened last weekend. And I'm looking at this little two-year-old kid, and he's kind of near the street. <laughs> traffic going by. You're playing with yeah. lawyer mind. I'm, I'm goes looking on. around yeah. going. All right. And then this four-year-old comes up. And I'm talking. My wife called me on the phone. And I'm trying to find out. Who do you belong to, little man? <laughs> and this little girl who's like four. I got him. Oh, so the four-year-old's in charge of the yeah. two-year-old. That's right. Okay. Well, where's your mom or dad? <laughs> So the tes- just keep going down the line. <laughs> so the testimonial is that your beer is so good that people will abandon their <laughs> beer yeah. by the street. Yeah, evidently. Right, right. Yeah, they'll just they'll just forget about the whole world. Really. Leave the youngins beer. That's that's great. Yeah. That's well Chad, we, we, listening. <laughs> yeah, this, this is probably one of my favorite episodes because half sloshed. Um put <laughs> Ducati on here, Joseph's in heaven. Right. Yeah, that's right, right. Um Chad, we really appreciate you uh, coming by um, and uh, talking with us. If you're in Rock Hill, uh, go to Legal Remedy Brewery um, at 129 Oakland Ave in Rock Hill. Yeah, this is not a request. No, this yeah. is a demand, yeah, this an demand. obligation of every <laughs> right. listener of the podcast. I'll be up there this weekend. I'm, I'm, we're going to uh, Charlotte this weekend, so I'm going to stop on my Andy. way. Okay, well, <laughs> Chad, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. This is definitely one of our favorite episodes, and it wasn't just the beer talking. <laughs> and, you know, with that being said, I will absolutely come by and taste. How many taps was it again? We have 20. Well, we have a kegerator now, too, so we have 26 taps. Uh, all of it, We have a cider from Windy Hill. It's a local cidery. We have mm-hmm. a root beer for the kids, and then everything else is what we make. It's going to be a long day, Chad. But we're going to knock out all of them. Dave's very committed. And we're we're very serious. We had all these beers in um, the studio here. That World Court Mocha Blonde Stout went so fast because we were all fighting over it. So um, that's the direct examination official. uh, I'm just sniffing this one. Right. The the direct examination (laughs) podcast official recommendation is for World Court Mocha. I love the Pro Bono Vanilla. Look, Porter. see, Dan's a uh, pro bono vanilla guy because he's a man of the people. Well, anyway, certainly go uh, visit uh, his law firm. I mean, do we you want to get to give all the social? Obviously, social for at Legal Remedy Brew. We want you to go, but we also want to rep your law firm. You are a 
a lawyer as well. <laughs> so as far as following your law firm, does McGowan, Hood, and Felder have they yeah, do like the whole social? Oh, here it is. What, what are you going to do? It's McGowan Hood Law on Twitter and McGowanHood.com uh, for any questions that you have from the legal, but we're really here about the beer. <laughs> so at Re- Legal Remedy Brew. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SE Law Pod, and you can follow Joseph at Joseph P. Bias on Twitter and follow myself at SE Crim Lawyer on Twitter and Amber at Red Judicata on Twitter. Yeah, I'll be back after Lent, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, she'll, she'll be back on social media after Lent. So, um, Trying to be good. Chad, thank you so much for coming. So for our producer, Brittany, for our guests, for Amber, for Dane, thank you so much for listening. Drink the or drink your uh, legal remedy brew. It's available in stores. Greens. While you're listening to the podcast. If you're local in Columbia, Greens. Well, I wasn't going to give a free plug. They, they got to find the beer. Oh, well, sure yeah, Greens. Okay, fine. Um, and uh, we will uh, see you guys next week. Bye.